This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another UAP adventure. Yes, we're back. I'm Stephen Diener and so happy to be back with you on a new episode, specifically with this episode 74 of the Unidentified Alien Podcast, because this is one that I've had in my back pocket for a long time now, and I've been itching to sit down and cover it with you, specifically this topic, but also this story. So I'm really excited to talk about what could have possibly made President Jimmy Carter and some other government officials reportedly cry for weeks after they were supposedly told the truth about the existence of alien life and how it all connects to the question of how the existence of alien life could relate to God and religious beliefs. Going to be a good one today, I think. But before we get to all that, you know how this works. We got to hit our factoid first. Factoid. Okay, so here's the deal. I wanted to play that version of the Factoid Sounder one last time because, yes, that's right. Now, this is a big debut today. We're going to get to all the topics, but this is huge. We have a new Factoid Sounder. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the Factoid. Ooh, it's fire. How do you like that? I love it. So I want to say thank you to uh, Mars Lepowski. Got some real production value there. He did a better job than I ever could have. And Mars is an accomplished voice actor and listener of the show. And he was super nice enough to volunteer his expertise to uh, lay down our official new factoid sounder. And I love that. There's actually another one. He gave us two. So I'll, you know, kind of mix and match as we go along here throughout uh, throughout the shows. But thank you, Mars. And uh, yes, that is his real name. His, his name is Mars. That is... No, uh, not making that up. It's just a nice coincidence there. But this factoid is actually kind of related to something that I had mentioned um, in a previous episode. And the question that I pose with it is, is it possible that the release of a new Steven Spielberg docuseries could be connected to a congressionally mandated deadline on disclosure? Then you're probably raising your eyebrows, you know, that one a little bit and maybe a little bit confused with that question. But I'll explain because about a month ago it was reported and I spoke about it here on the show on UAP Weekly, actually, that uh, good old Tim Burchett, representative from Tennessee, along with a few other of his fellow congressional reps, Nancy Mace and so on, had sent a letter to the inspector general of the intelligence community asking for the release of UFO crash retrieval and reverse engineering program records to Congress, along with info detailing where these black sites are located, you know, all the ones that uh, David Grush was talking about during the 
congressional hearing. You spoke about all these things. He says he knows where these sites are, where they're holding the tech, where they're holding uh, biologics, as he called it. And they, they want to know. Congress wants to know. But who is or has been involved with these reported operations? They want all that information to be delivered to them by September 26th. Well, <laughs> you look at the calendar, obviously that date has come and gone. So what are we to expect now? Will we hear an update from Timberjet regarding this deadline? I know they're a little distracted now, not getting into politics by any means, but just with the stuff going on with Capitol Hill, with the Speaker of the House being ousted, now they're trying to find a new one. There's distractions going on away from the UAP issue. So will we find out if their requests were met by that September 26th deadline, you know, trying to get all this information, or if they were ignored? It seems like they were ignored because we haven't heard anything about it. I mean, it's a pretty big deal if that was ignored. I mean, you better believe I would think that Burchett and his cohorts won't let this one go if they're getting stonewalled once again. But like I said, maybe they're reshuffling priorities. I don't know. But what does this have to do with Steven Spielberg? Well, it just so happens that, of course, the famous director has the new docuseries out on Netflix called Encounters. And many of you have seen it already. Many of you have actually reached out to me and asked if I've watched it. Um, and, you know, In fact, with episode four, I've been told that they even talk about the discussion of religion and disclosure. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to sit down and watch it yet because I've been so busy writing this episode. But it details firsthand witness accounts, if you haven't seen it. Um, it details these, you know, firsthand accounts of witnesses and close encounters with, you know, otherworldly craft and beings throughout the years, kind of like we've done here on UAP the past couple of years. But I'm sure, again, you know about it and you've probably seen all the episodes already, but they even cover, you know, with my favorite case, which is the aerial school sighting in 1994 in Zimbabwe. That's one of my favorite cases, along with uh, Rendlesham and a couple of others. But that's not the point. The point is that this docuseries premiered on September 27th. So I don't know if I'm the only one who's made this connection, but that is the day after the deadline that was presented to the ICIG from Congress, from Burchett and his cohorts. Their deadline was September 26th to receive the information on, you know, the reverse engineering technology and the black sites. So for me, it just makes you wonder if those two dates kind of bleeding together were a coincidence or they a planned distraction to divert attention away to what's happening behind the scenes? Not to mention with, you know, the continued rumors surrounding those raids that were supposed to take place in September. Obviously, that came away and that didn't happen. So, and I know a lot of you have been asking me for updates on that. There's going to be updates, I think. I'll be able to give you some more concrete updates possibly next week. But all I can say is that basically there's nothing new with it. Nothing's happening with it. I don't know if anything is going to happen with those raids. Um... Still trying to dig out information myself. Again, I know a lot of you have been wondering that. You've been reaching out to me on social media asking what happened, where are the raids. I'm not involved with it. I, I was just told information about it. I have nothing to do with the raids. So let me just make sure I wash my hands of that. But I was just given information about it. Again, I don't know if or when they're ever going to happen. But apparently there's a lot of legal red tape that are holding those things back. So I'll keep you updated the best I can on you know the information that I receive when it comes to those. But getting back to these dates here and how it all coincides, it does feel like that this is all kind of aligning here at the same time. And we may be in for some pretty big updates in the near future. So we'll see. I just wanted to throw that out there. I just thought those dates kind of coinciding were, were interesting. The 27th for, for, you know, encounters. And then the 26th was that deadline from Burchett. I don't know. But now it's time to get back to the task at hand here. 
What could have possibly brought former President Jimmy Carter to tears when he was supposedly told the truth about the existence of aliens? This is a story, actually, that um, really I've been wanting to talk about for about a year now. I, I've found this story fascinating for a long time. I've been trying to find the right time to bring it up, and now I'm finally able to do it. You Maybe you've heard about it, maybe not. Either way, we're going to get into it here. But here's something I thought I would never say on this show to start it off. Let's hear the thoughts of another famous director on this subject. One Mr. Michael Bay. Of course, you know, Transformers movies, Bad Boys, Armageddon. He's done some pretty big ones. And I felt like these comments he made in a recent interview about a visit he had to NASA. He's been to NASA a few times because of all the movies I just mentioned. He does a lot about space and aliens and everything. And he actually, uh, I think he sets things up perfectly here with these comments when he talks about what he experienced when he visited NASA. He said something. I asked him five things. Of course, have we been visited by aliens? Okay, I think that was second or third. Uh, and well, his what, answer was, we're a very religious country. Now, I've heard that five times at NASA. Mm. That's a very strange answer, isn't it? We're a very religious country. Okay, what is what is that even Because imply? it upsets the idea of God. All right, so let's pick it up from there as... Uh, Michael Bay Kenneth sets the table for us there as we begin this journey into the rabbit hole of religion versus disclosure. Now, let me preface this by saying, too, that this is a layered discussion, and I've been wanting to dig into it for a long time now, as some of you know. I've mentioned it here and there throughout even previous episodes. And it's also a very difficult discussion to navigate, which is why I think it's taken me such a long time to, to do this, because I want to avoid coming off as preachy at any point. That's not my... The, point of this episode i'm not trying to convert anybody to anything while also towing the line of not offending anyone's belief systems so again as a practicing catholic myself which i don't mind saying i've spoken about that before in other episodes and i just feel it's important to um identify myself as that you know to say that again especially given the discussion here for today so i have to deal with the fact that there are legit questions that are worthy of being asked when it comes to faith and so on and so forth and this and this discussion how does it all connect now that's not to say i have doubts in my faith personally but rather is there more out there than what we've been told and if so who in the positions of religious power knows about it and why would they decide to hide it so to start off this particular discussion on this subject with jimmy carter our timeline begins in the year of 1969 when Jimmy Carter, who was still a year away from being elected governor of Georgia at that point, let alone president of the United States, this is where he says he had a very profound UFO encounter. Now, some of you may know that Jimmy Carter spoke publicly about his UFO sighting. So this is a little background um, that's about how that sighting went. And this is a story, by the way, that he never backed down from or changed any of the details about over the decades, even now, um, as he just recently celebrated his 99th birthday. So happy birthday, Jimmy Carter. But here's a clip from a show called The Unexplained Zone. They, they covered this a little bit and went into a little bit further detail that I think will help us unwrap this a little bit. Here's that. Carter's UFO report gives a vivid account of what he saw that night. I never have tried to identify what I saw. It was a, you know, a light in the western sky. It was very unique. I never seen it before. So there were about 20 of us who saw it. Carter said the object he saw was uh, I had firm edges, it was circular, uh, it seemed self-luminous, it was about a thousand yards away and it, it retreated and then it came forward and then it left. 
So pretty interesting sighting there, to say the least. You know, you talk about 20 of us who saw it. So it's actually kind of like a mass sighting there with Jimmy Carter, the way he describes it. If you couldn't really understand that, what he said in that clip, because I know it's like kind of garbled, it's old audio, um, just to kind of uh, lay it out there for you. He said, I never have tried to identify what I saw. It was a light in the western sky, very unique, never seen it before. There were about 20 of us who saw it. So that's what he said in that clip there as he described um, his own UFO encounters on UFO sightings. So from that moment on, Carter's curiosity was really sparked and he kind of became known as the UFO president, so to speak, once he was in office. And he was the first one to openly talk about his sighting that he had previously witnessed. And on top of that, as we now fast forward to the election in 1976, when Carter was elected, he made a campaign promise that kind of uh, made, made a lot of waves. It shook up the alien believers and non-believers alike because he said he would make public disclosure a focus of his presidency. Now, listen to this. It's, it's a little hard to understand this clip. Um, so, I'm, again, I'm going to read it to you as well, just like I did before when this clip is over. But this is where he talks a little bit about that uh, campaign promise. Well, no, but I would, uh, you know, make information that we have about those sightings available to the public at this time. And how did they try to hold Jimmy Carter to his promise? They wrote letters to him as soon as he got in office saying, Jimmy, you're now where you can fulfill your promise. Please do so. Now, again, I know I said that was going to be hard to understand. Um, he said, I would make information about these sightings available to the public and the scientists. Now, to be fair, I mean, well, from Jimmy Carter did release a lot of declassified material about UFO sightings during his presidency um, to the general public during his four-year term. But obviously that disclosure on a much grander scale, the one that people were really expecting, never took place like many hoped it would. So the question is, what stopped him? Was it just another campaign promise, you know, from a, a politician that had... They had no intention of fulfilling, just an empty promise that was only said to try to gain more votes. Was it was he playing politics with aliens or did something happen behind the scenes that stopped Carter from moving forward with his originally intended public disclosure plan? Was he kind of taken over by, you know, the bad actors behind the scenes who, you know, told him it would be wise not to release these things? We don't know. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. But one story was that Carter requested the goods from then-CIA director, one Mr. George H.W. Bush, who, of course, went on to become Reagan's vice president for eight years after Carter left office before becoming president himself in 1988. But when the two met while Carter was president, 
The story goes that Bush, again, the head of the CIA at that point, told Carter that he was on a need-to-know basis and that the president's curiosity was not a sufficient enough reason to be read into the things he was asking to be read into. Now, I know that sounds extreme, but I personally believe that explanation because I've heard numerous times, and I've even repeated it on this show before, that presidents are looked at as part-time employees by those who run the intelligence agencies. So they don't really put them as high priority to have this type of knowledge, as wild as that may sound. But others say that this story was not the whole reason that Carter didn't keep his campaign promise regarding disclosure. According to the reports, Carter continued to investigate the truth regarding other life throughout the universe because he still had questions regarding his own sighting in 1969. Eventually, according to a man named Ed Harris, he was finally told why he could never reveal the truth. Now, just for background, Ed Harris was said to be a research associate at NASA from 1988 to 1991, And according to him, Carter was told the truth about an alien presence and how it related to our origins as a human race and our belief systems. He says this is widely accepted within certain circles that Carter was told by the CIA that, quote, the major religions, including Christianity, were programs created by extraterrestrials to prevent us from destroying ourselves while they ran their experiments on us and that they made us. So the story goes that as Carter learned this information, that essentially there was no God and as we know him and that we are nothing more than biological experiments from a more advanced race of beings. In this moment, it's said that Carter laid his head in his hands in deep sorrow and began to weep uncontrollably. Now, remember, Carter was and reportedly still is a deeply religious man in his Christian faith. So to hear something like that would obviously be devastating to him and many citizens around the world, if it were true. For that reason, it is said that it now became clear to Carter that, quote, again, such information could cause tremendous economic and societal upheaval. Now, according to those around him, Carter was visibly shaken and disturbed for weeks following this alleged conversation. So could this be why he never held true to his promise to reveal the truth about alien life? Is it also possible that this conversation, if it did take place, that the CIA gave this info to Carter as a ploy, just, you know, playing the other side, almost like dummy intel, just so he would stop asking about it and not be tempted to reveal anything to the public? Could the CIA have played his deeply rooted Christian faith against him with some contrived story that aliens are our makers and that they handed down the major religions uh, religions as a way to keep us in check? Which, by the way, just my, my own opinion here, if that is the case, then that plan isn't really working to see what's happening around the world every day. But regardless, if it was true, then you can see why Carter would not want information like that to get out, of course. It would be a total upheaval of the societal norms and most likely cause some real, real problems. Apparently, though, Carter wasn't the only one supposedly given this information that made him cry uncontrollably and was left deeply disturbed, if that is the case. It's also said that a man named John Harrington, who served as uh, Assistant Secretary of the Navy and Secretary of Energy during the Reagan administration, that he was taken to underground bases and told the truth about an alien presence, which reportedly caused him to cry himself to sleep for over six weeks. 
yes, I suppose there's a lot of crying going on, but I promise I'm not going to cry during this episode. At least I'm pretty sure I won't. I don't plan on crying. Hopefully you don't cry. But with all that said, though, what are we to make of these extreme reactions? And could the cause of them be the shocking understanding of how it impacts our belief systems? Could that be one of the main reasons why we haven't seen true disclosure yet? We always talk about the power and the money associated with being the only one in the room with advanced alien tech. But are we missing a key component here when it comes to religion possibly being a barrier in how disclosure is handled? Now, think about it. If those two stories regarding John Harrington and Jimmy Carter are true to a certain degree, then just imagine how the general populace would react if they were told the same things. If those two men were, you know, cried themselves to sleep for weeks. So could it be that there are elements who are holding back the truth out of fear for how people of faith might react? Now, what is the truth? I personally don't subscribe to the idea of alien beings being our creators, but that's just my outlook. It could just be as simple as maybe those in power are concerned if people of faith find out that they aren't the only beings who are created by an all-powerful God, then how will that impact the religious institutions and centuries-old tr- traditions around the world? Maybe it's just something like that. In fact, just recently, a priest named Father Matthew Gray, who is the vocations director of the Archdiocese for Military Services, so pretty powerful, uh, powerful priest there, said that he looked forward to the church further addressing the issue of extraterrestrial life. He was he did some interviews after the congressional hearings. Um, what was that? I guess a, a month ago, a couple months ago at this point. He later added in one of those interviews that if aliens are ever proven to exist, that the church has already stated that it would just further show God's creativity and his goodness. So maybe are they hedging their bets there a little bit? I don't know. But a very interesting statement, nonetheless, I think. Even David Grush was talking about this subject in an interview. And he said that that the existence of other life in the universe may actually strengthen faith for some people. And, you know, in the belief of an all-powerful creator. And it's not only Grush, actually, who's made statements like that. Tom DeLonge, who I think you know who Tom DeLonge is at this point. If you don't, of course, you know, from Blink-182, uh, is really, you know, kind of dive deep into this discussion has helped push disclosure forward. Um, One of the, I guess, most recognizable names within the UFO community at this point. He's been one of the bigger names to speak on this subject, of course, too. And he did uh, on an interview with a man named Dr. Brian Keating, who had Tom in his podcast uh, called into the impossible. So just to kind of give him a shout out there. And during that interview, he had this to say about disclosure in connection with religion. I thought this was a pretty interesting statement from Tom DeLonge here. I have a feeling that when we when we really learn about consciousness and we really learn kind of what these these things are, this phenomena is, I think we're going to, like I said earlier, we're going to merge these, this metaphysical consciousness type of science with normal science. And once it becomes all one, we're going to look at, we might look at uh, religions differently, but I think everyone's going to be able to keep the things they love which is really not all the dogma and the stories that we argue about, but when it comes down to, you know, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, or Godhead, um, your soul and the physical body, it's all the same three things. That Trinity thing is like kind of everywhere. It's all about you as a person with your connection to consciousness. So I think what will happen is everyone's so scared that religions will crumble. And I'm kind of like, no, it's going to be the great equalizer. It's pretty interesting. I mean, I like that he has a different perspective on it. 
while also kind of coming out to a similar solution to some things that I'm going to mention here in, in a bit as well. Um, but no, really interesting outlook on that. And I think it's a good point about how maybe they're too scared about what's going to happen to religion if the truth about this stuff comes out. But conversely, on the other side of the discussion, there's actually a new report out that says, believe it or not, that Christians within the higher ranks of the Pentagon who work there are afraid to release the truth behind the existence of aliens because they see them as possibly being part of a demonic force, that they could be some type of, you know, fallen angels. And that's not a new idea, by the way. Uh, That's a theory I've heard multiple times from different people over the past few years. Maybe you have heard that too. Maybe it's the first time you're hearing that, but there are people within the ranks who believe that um, this could be something, you know, not of God, so to speak, a, a darker force when it comes to extraterrestrials. And whether or not that's true, who am I to say? I, My personal belief is that that's not the case, but who, who really knows? You know what I mean? Anybody who says they have all the answers on this subject, I don't really trust because no one really has all the answers as far as I'm concerned. I think we have observations based off of research and different events, but I think that's the best that we can do. So that's where I kind of come out on that. I don't really buy into the theory of, you know, aliens being a demonic force or fallen angels. But again, who am I to say? Maybe there is something like that going on. But I'm not saying I know what's true. These are the things that are being talked about. And I do believe that it's a big reason why, and maybe bigger than we realized in the past, why there is yet to be true disclosure. And there's a lot of fear when it comes to this subject and how it may or may not be accepted by the world's major religions and their people. But is that fear misplaced? You know, this fear of you know not necessarily what aliens may be or connected with, but just this fear of like, well, how are people going to accept it? How are people of faith, religious people, no matter what your denomination is, how will they accept the truth? We can't tell them the truth because it's going to upset the religious apple cart too much. Is that a bigger issue than we've realized before in the past? And quite frankly, I, I think it is. So I think that also begs the question, are there religious leaders who have been given disclosure information already? Well, let me introduce you to a priest named Monsignor. He was actually Monsignor, uh, Corrado Balducci. Now, Monsignor Balducci actually passed away in 2008. But before that, he was a close friend of now St. Pope John Paul II and was also an exorcist for the Archdiocese of Rome. So, yeah, this guy was, he was the real deal. Uh, It also just so happens that he was an outspoken advocate for the existence of alien life. So how could that be? It seems like a bit of a departure from what we've already mentioned. But it is true. Balducci had a lot to say on this matter over the years. And I'm going to play you a little bit of what he had to say now because I think it's important to get his voice out there. So really, no one thinks I'm just making up quotes. The only problem is when you hear this, he spoke Italian. So unless you know Italian, you aren't going to understand what he's saying here until it's over and I give the translation, okay? Nevertheless, here is Monsignor Balducci in his native Italian on the existence of other life in the in the universe and if aliens are already living amongst us. That's what he was uh, speaking on here. Again, this is all in Italian, but don't worry. I'm going to give you the rough translation when it's done. Non si può più pensare è vero non è vero sono veri o sono falsità ci si crede o non ci si crede no oramai 
ci sono varie considerazioni che fanno dire con certezza che l'esistenza di questi esseri c'è. Non si può dubitare. So you may have picked up on a couple of words here and there, but roughly what he said, it translated to in a shortened version, he said, we can no longer think, is it true? There are already numerous considerations which make the existence of these beings into a certainty we cannot doubt. It's a pretty big deal. He also went on to say in, different, in a different interview that, um, this is a quote from the interview from Monsignor Balducci, he said, extraterrestrial contact is a real phenomenon. The Vatican is receiving much information about extraterrestrials and their contacts with humans from its embassies in various countries, such as Mexico, Chile, and Venezuela. How about that? I mean, just to kind of touch on that real quick, I think that's a loaded statement. And I think when you think about the countries that he named and who's saying these things, just reflect on that for a second. You're talking about a high-powered Monsignor out of Rome, okay, working in conjunction with the Vatican, a close friend of, at that time, Pope John Paul II, and you're talking, and he, this is a, a, a man who is saying these things, that extraterrestrial contact is happening within Vatican embassies around countries such as Mexico, Chile, and Venezuela. Now, just to touch on two of those real quick, Chile, we've spoken about many times as being a hotbed for UFO, UAP activity. We've talked about different uh, encounters there. I mean, that's in previous episodes. If you want to go back and, and listen, it's fascinating. There's a rich history, a rich, rich history of UFO activity and alien activity um, within Chile. And you even talk Mexico. What were we just talking about? What was the big news, international news, just a couple, two or three weeks ago? Was the Mexican congressional hearing where they brought in the, you know, tiny mummy aliens, so to speak. And those came from Peru. So, you know, we're talking about the South American uh, uh, area here with Mexico, Chile, and Venezuela. And when we look at those, we see those names now, it's kind of striking to think about how those countries are regarded now, and with Mexico being in the news recently. And years ago, 20-plus years ago, Monsignor Balducci is talking about these countries with Vatican embassies having contact with extraterrestrials. This is fascinating. It's really incredible when you start to look at it from kind of that angle. Has this contact been going on? We're talking about religion versus disclosure. What if they've been working hand in hand this entire time? But Monsignor Balducci remains to this day the highest ranking member of the Catholic Church to speak publicly about the existence of ETs even since his passing in 2008. Some other key points he made that I think are worth um, kind of mentioning here in his various writings and interviews on this subject, uh, these are some other things he said, UFOs are real, and an explanation for what they are should be pursued by science and not in the world of angels or the Virgin Mary or demons. How interesting is that? He goes on to say, not as divine or demonic, but instead as a physical reality. That's pretty incredible considering what we were just talking about before with some, you know, uh, higher ranking Christians within the Pentagon and their belief when it comes to this this subject. You know, could they be demonic or not? Well, Father Balducci apparently didn't think so. Based on eyewitness, oh, this is another thing he said, uh, based on eyewitness statements, Balducci felt that the extraterrestrials were actually very good beings who aimed to bring us nearer to God. Now, I find that part really striking because... 
I think back, believe what you want about this story, but I think back to Valiant Thor, the old story of this man, so to speak, who identified himself as an extraterrestrial from Venus. And he went by the name Valiant Thor and came to Earth during the Nixon um, administration and offered to help Earth and had meetings with the Vatican, as the story goes, and offered to help bring us closer to God. That's how that story goes with Valiant Thor. So I just go back to that when I think about what Monsignor Balducci was was saying there. Um, he also said that uh, he believes that witnesses, witness statements about UFOs, should be taken as statements of genuine fact and not as hallucinations. And I think that's a really striking thing to read now, all these years later, because these are statements he made 20-plus years ago. I mean, these weren't things from last week. Like I said, the man passed away in 2008, and these are statements he made even you know before that. We're talking in the 90s and early 2000s he said these things. So when you think about how witnesses like David Grush and you know Ryan Graves and people like that are being treated these days, you know, being doubted, being slandered in the media, things like that, being called crazy, being saying that, you know, they had to be institutionalized and they shouldn't be believed, like in the case of David Grush. It's pretty interesting to be able to connect what's happening today to what Monsignor Balducci was saying, you know, kind of 20 plus years ago, when especially when it comes to witness statements. So interesting to kind of connect the dots there. But there's one final point he made here that I want to read before we're done here today because we are coming near the end. And I want to read this um, because I feel like it really ties everything together. When he was asked how he feels his belief in the existence of aliens might have consequences on the areas of religion and philosophy. Now, this gets a little preachy. And like I said at the beginning, that's not my goal here today. I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm not trying to impose beliefs on anybody. But I felt this was a fascinating conversation to have to connect these two things of religion versus disclosure. So what I want to do is play this clip from Monsignor Balducci. You're going to hear what he's saying, and I'm going to actually speak over him. So it might sound a little clumsy, but I want to translate this as he's uh, saying it. So here's what he said when, again, the question being the, the existence of alien life, what consequences on the areas of religion and philosophy would that have? said there aren't any negative consequences. Everything is contemplated. The Lord hasn't revealed us all things. So we can very well think that the same human redemption, Christ is always the center of the universe. But in the universe there is everything. Not only the world, there are thousands of stars. There are thousands of galaxies, he finishes by saying. So I thought that was... Pretty intriguing um, to hear that statement, how he connected everything. Pretty impressive for a man of his stature, especially in a time where it really wasn't easy to speak out about these things. I mean, think about it, when he was talking about this, you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Even now it's hard to talk about these things because of how people are looked at, especially people of positions of power, whether that's religious power or governmental power. But it was pretty cool to hear uh, 
Monsignor Balducci. By the way, if you're not familiar with the term Monsignor, I keep saying that you may not even know what it means. It's just basically a step up, you like administratively, so to speak, from priest to Monsignor. There's different levels. You go up to bishop and cardinal and so on and so forth until you get to pope if you get there one day. Um, so you're just kind of like, you know, a higher ranking priest. Maybe you weren't familiar with that. My apologies. Um, but, you know, just to kind of hear him say those those things about how it could all be connected, right? There are thousands of galaxies and all these stars out there that we have no idea what's going on. So why couldn't there be other life under God throughout the entire universe? And I think that's a pretty good thought, which actually brings me to my final thoughts on this before we wrap up here today. And I'll just say that all in all, I think what it comes down to for me is is, is quite simple. I'll put it this way. If you believe in God or some type of all-powerful creator, according to your belief system, then there's no reason why we shouldn't be at least open to the idea that this creator would make more than one race of beings in his image, as it talks about in the Bible. And I feel that some people get that last part mixed up, and excuse me because this may come off as preachy, and again, that's never my intention, but I can't find any other way to make my final point here. So, And I can only speak from my own experience, so... I apologize again if this alienates anyone, but I feel that when some people hear that God created humans in his own image, they're thinking about like actual facial or like body representation. They think that there can't be another race of beings that doesn't look like us because we're created in the image of God. So we look like God, and if something else doesn't look like God, then it can't be because God created humans to look like him. But when I hear that teaching as far as created in his own image, I take it a little deeper. Instead of taking the word image to mean actual, you know, facial representation, so to speak, or the human body, I take it to mean spirit of love. God is love. So when the Bible teaches that he created us in his own image, I take it to mean he created us in his own image of love for one another. And if that's the case, then we could apply that across the universe. I mean, to an infinite number of life forms that... God would create. So who are we, in my mind, to put constraints on his love and creativity? We don't even know what's under our own oceans, (laughs) let alone out in the cosmos, if you think about it that way. But what do we make of all of this? Is there an existential conflict between religion and disclosure? Or could there be actual synergy between the two that maybe has been happening for decades behind the scenes and we don't even know about? I think religion... And faith could act as a bridge rather than a barrier when it comes to this conversation. But it's being misunderstood, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, by those in power and being used as an excuse not to tell the truth. Could that be the case? It's up to you to answer for yourself here today when it comes to everything we've spoken about. But that will do it for today on this episode 74. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. I hope you enjoyed kind of going back and forth with these different ideas when it comes to what was Jimmy Carter told versus what are, you know, different religious leaders saying about these things and how it all connects. It's uh, been something that I've been trying to put together for a while, so hopefully it came out okay. Thank you so much for always joining me and taking all this into consideration. And of course... I'll keep you updated on all things UAP in future episodes, um, including any plans for upcoming episode 75, a milestone episode, by the way. How about, I can't believe up to 75 episodes. That's not in counting or not counting the UAP weeklies. There's been, I think, like 16 or 17 of those alone. So I'll let you know what's happening there. You know, as 
everything goes along. But I will say this, when it comes to episode 75 upcoming, there's going to be a little change, a little something different, a little surprise that I'm going to start off with um, that I'm working on. So you can kind of, you can uh, look forward to that. Nothing crazy, just something I'm working on that I'll debut during that milest- uh, milestone episode. And of course, don't forget uh, to download it, uh, subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcasts. It's everywhere on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get a podcast. Um, you can also follow the show on Twitter slash X, if you're not already, at UA Podcast 850 right there, um, at UA Podcast 850. I post updates on everything. Uh, you can reach out to me directly as well. My DMs are open, so if there's anything on your mind, you can do that. I always try to respond to everybody, whether it's through there or through email. If you'd rather do that, you can email me at uap. That's S-D-I-E-N-E-R-U-A-P at gmail.com. That's an option as well. On that note, though, thank you all again for everything. I know I say it all the time, but I can't overstate how much your support truly means to me. It's it's incredible, uh, the outpouring of support that this has grown into. So thank you very much. You can always go back and hear previous episodes, too. I don't want to forget to say that. But again, thank you all very much. And until next time, I can't wait to do this all again soon. Some fun updates coming up. I'll let you know what's happening. But until all that, be well. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks.